to Revenue Marketing Television, the video channel dedicated to thought leadership from the world's top marketing executives. I'm your host, Jeff Pedowitz, President and CEO of the Pedowitz Group. Today's guest is the world-famous Scott Branker. Scott <laughs> is co-founder and Chief Technology Officer of Iron Interactive, editor of ChiefMartech.com, and program chair of the MarTech Conference Series, which runs events in the United States and Europe on the intersection of marketing and technology. Scott's been writing the Chief Marketing Technologist blog, ChiefMartech.com, since 2008. The site covers the intersection of marketing and technology and the effects of that intersection on marketing strategy, management, and culture. The blog has developed an audience of over 40,000 readers, mostly mid to senior level marketers and marketing technologists. The site's annual marketing technology super graphic has been widely shared throughout the industry. As co-founder and CTO of Iron Interactive, Scott's responsible for overall business management and strategy with two co-founders. He leads day-to-day -day product development and technical operations with a team of software engineers, designers, and marketing technologists. Scott, welcome to the show. Thank you, Jeff. Good to be here. So, first question. This infographic, this super graphic, <laughs> has gotten, it's taken on a life of its own, but what inspired you to begin tracking these companies in the first place? So, about five years ago, 2011, when I made the first one, I was giving a presentations trying to convince marketers of why they wanted to hire technical talent as an integral part of the marketing team. This role of a marketing technologist, which back then was very new and very novel. And so one of the reasons I assembled the first version of this was to just help marketers realize just how much software was entangled uh, in modern marketing. And back then it was something like 150 companies and we were all like, oh my goodness, 150 software companies. Man, I guess marketing really is uh, overwhelmed with uh, software today. <laughs> so, so from 150, it's now what? What's the current number? Like over 3,500. And that's not even complete. I just had someone uh, send me a list of something like uh, 200 other companies that I've missed. So it's, do you have like, uh, a little ticker in your office, you know, like the old McDonald's signs, so it just keeps every day, incrementally, it just keeps going up? <laughs> I, I, I did, but it broke down. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't keep up, right? It was only yeah. meant for three digits. But So with all this marketing technology, what are some of the major trends you're seeing? I mean, are there certain categories within the landscape that are predominantly growing faster than others? I mean, there's certainly some categories that are extremely hot. Uh, you know, as you know, content marketing uh, has become such a critical part of what marketers are doing today. And there's so many tools that help with the entire pipeline, uh, you know, from sourcing through distributing uh, content. So a lot of cool stuff there. A lot of great stuff happening on the data side, uh, you know, uh, very sophisticated analytics tools, attribution, predictive analytics. Um, we're starting to see some really exciting artificial intelligence, machine learning capabilities uh, based around this data. Social media is still hot. Um, yeah, it's, I mean, the whole landscape is, is, is pretty vibrant today. So what are your thoughts on the uh, Microsoft acquisition of LinkedIn? I think it's fascinating. I, um, you know, I've had a theory for a while that the channel between marketers and customers 
has a series of steps. There's marketing software, there's internet services like LinkedIn, and then there's client software, you know, like web browsers and uh, smartphones and things like that. Um, and if you treat these things as a channel, you recognize that every single piece of that channel has some power and some influence over the relationship between marketers and their audience. And my opinion is that companies like Microsoft and, to a certain extent, Google, um, and then to a lesser degree, even Amazon and Facebook, as they start to get capabilities across that entire channel, I think that puts them in a really incredibly competitive position uh, for the next 5, 10, 15 years. So what does this say, though, to some of the startups in the same category? Should they be concerned that there's all this consolidation with the big guys or do you think that there's even more opportunity uh, for these for them to innovate and find additional niches? I think there's definitely opportunities for innovation. Um, you know, when it comes down to which particular startup uh, you're starting, you know, who, who are you looking to disrupt? Who are you looking to compete with? I think it's also very interesting to consider the fact that there's still a lot of opportunity for complementary software, then if you look at some of these major providers, you know, like Marketo, for instance, has this very rich ISV ecosystem. So it's one thing to try and compete with Marketo. It's, a, it's another thing to say, hey, we have a tool that adds on to Marketo. Maybe that's not going to be a billion-dollar company, but it might be something uh, that could be incredibly valuable to a set of marketers. So with all this innovation and with all this technology coming out, how are you finding uh, marketing departments are keeping up with adopting and developing skills to use it. Um, I'm not sure if keeping up is the, the, the best way to characterize it. I think almost every marketer I talk to um, feels that they're not keeping up, that, that the world is moving faster uh, than they can process. So the good news is uh, you're not alone. Everybody feels that way. Um, so it really comes down to a question of degrees of keeping up. And I think, uh, you know, for marketers, the ones I see who are doing the best job have kind of a two-pronged strategy. On one hand, they stay pretty focused on a small set of things that's really important to their operations, to their audience, that it's better to do a few things really well than spread yourself thin. And it's definitely easy to spread yourself thin these days. You know, but at the same time, if you say that's maybe 80% of the investment is getting real clarity around what our core marketing capabilities are, I think another trend you see with companies that are successful is they do keep you know, 10%, 20% of their marketing resources available to do some experimentation with innovation that's happening on the edge. Just really as a way of you know, trying to keep pace, not so much with changes in marketing technology, because that's a very inward-looking thing, but just trying to keep pace with changes in consumer technologies, the technologies that our customers and our audiences are using that ultimately marketers need to go where their audience goes. Is there a, a certain recommended way to staff this? You know, is there a full-time technologist role? Is IT starting to report in or work with marketing? Does everybody share some of this? I mean, what... If I was an executive, how would you advise me to go about it? Yeah, I mean, it certainly depends on the size of your company as to what resources you can have available, um, you know, frankly, what resources you really need. Um, I think ideally I'm a, I'm a big believer that having some marketing technology talent 
embedded in the marketing team is incredibly valuable. Not so much for, you know, picking technologies or, you know, getting them installed, because that's kind of a very much, you know, I mean, a, a, a spiky process. But really where the value comes from is having some of that technologist DNA working side by side with other kinds of marketers to really cross-pollinate just how do we think about leveraging this technology in the service of really brilliant marketing. So I think not everyone in marketing has to be a technologist, but having, having a marketing technologist or having a small team for larger companies, very valuable. That being said, I, I, I don't think this is a replacement for IT. Uh, very often, this is the sort of operational work with these tools that IT isn't interested in. Um, I think it's still very important for marketing and these marketing technologists to collaborate openly, transparently with the uh, you know official IT team, uh, and really look to IT to set a lot of the governance around how we adopt these technologies and make sure that they're robust and secure. Great advice. So uh, if anyone, anyone that's gone to the MarTech conference or has read a lot has seen the term stacky. Um, <laughs> so what is a stacky and why is it important? So the, the term stacky arose uh, a couple years ago because I started to see marketers uh, at conferences who would come up with a slide in their presentation that described the different tools they had assembled, and not so much you know the specific tools themselves isn't really as interesting to me as actually the way they would piece them together into some sort of story to say, this is how we think from a business perspective on the capabilities that these marketing technologies are enabling. Um, so after seeing a few of these out in the wild, I got inspired to start a contest, the Stackies, uh, which we've now run for two years uh, in conjunction with the MarTech conference. Um, yeah, and uh, this, this last one back in March, we had 41 marketers who submitted these really great uh, PowerPoint slides describing how they thought, how they think about assembling their marketing technology tools into, into a business strategy, into a, a marketing capability. And the great thing is uh, the, the deals is that they submit to the contest. Uh, at the end, we make all the stackings available to everyone openly. So you can do a Google search for uh, yeah, MarTech stackies, and you can download the deck of all 41 of these. Yeah, we, I, I went through them all. This is some, uh, it's what I love about marketing. I mean, just so many different creative ways of expressing it. So, yeah, uh, very fascinating. So, of course, you wear many hats, and, and one of them also is content. And, and with uh, IM Interactive, you do a lot of work around content um, with assessments and tools. So how is the role of content changing uh, as it relates to demand gen? Is it, is it different today than it was a couple years ago with all these new channels? Or is it the same? It's just you need to rethink about it differently. Yeah, I mean, both. Um, you know, I mean, at, at, at the core, really, it comes down to using content as a way to engage and educate our audience uh, in a world where, you know, sort of classic advertising techniques, you know, and classic interrupt-driven marketing techniques just aren't, don't have the efficacy that they did 10 years ago. Uh, so we really need great content that our audience genuinely wants to consume. Um, that being said, you know, I mean, content like everything else in marketing here is continuing to evolve very, very rapidly. Uh, so the trend that uh, I focus on with my work at Ion Interactive is this emerging category of 
interactive content. So as you said, things like assessments or games or calculators or configurators, any of these sorts of things where the audience isn't just passively consuming the content, you know, like reading an ebook or watching a video, but they actively participate with the content. Uh, it becomes almost like a little utility or service uh, that they use to help them achieve some outcome. So are there um, different skills specifically that one needs to apply to you to be developing content today, or is it sim similar? I, I think it's an augmented skill set. Um, so, you know, when you start getting into interactive content, you realize you're not just trying to come up with messages or the way you're designing the, the, the look and feel of how things are presented, but you're actually designing functionality, right? Like if you're going to design an assessment to really, say, help a set of prospects determine, um, you know, where they are with the maturity of their company in, you know, the category that you serve uh, and sort of mapping that to how you might be able to help them. So if you start to design that sort of a tool, right, I mean, that, that, that exercises a different set of the brain, a different set of skills. You know, it's not just about communicating this stuff, uh, you know, written down. It's about thinking, okay, well, what would we ask? What would the answer choices be based on someone's answers? How would that map? Um, you know, to a particular solution we would give them at the end. So you actually start to get, uh, I mean, to me, I think it's very exciting for marketers because this becomes a new dimension of creativity. Um, but it does start to exercise, yeah, more of this almost software building mentality uh, in what marketers are offering to their prospects. So a couple weeks ago, you asked me a question around agile marketing. I'm going to phrase that slightly different for you. Is there uh, concept known as agile content, uh, uh, and, and if so, how would marketers approach that? Um, so my interpretation would be agile content is, uh, yeah, simply applying agile marketing methodologies in the service of content marketing. Um, now, I actually think content marketing is such a, I mean, it, it's such a perfect fit. Uh, for an agile approach um, because, you know, thanks to the ability to distribute content so quickly and so easily and get reactions from people in social media, it really lends itself to saying, okay, well, you know, we have a set of ideas, hypotheses of content we want to try. Let's very quickly put together some of the first iterations, get it out into the market, maybe in limited channels. You know, maybe let's just try this in Twitter to, you know, see what people's reaction is. And then based on that feedback, be able to iterate, uh, come up with, you know, either alternative versions or expand on what you already did. Uh, so it's really, it, it definitely lends itself to those who are fast feedback loops that you see with agile uh, practices. So where would you advise today's CMO to start if they're getting ready to put in a content strategy? What are some of the, what's some of the advice that you would give them? You know, I, this might sound a bit cliche, but to me it does all come back to the customer, to the audience. You know, what is the content that would be truly valuable to that audience? I mean, I think all too often, you know, marketing can... Uh, sort of follow the, the the content idea du jour of, oh, well, we should have an ebook oh, we should have an infographic on this, oh, we should have the survey, you know, and, and, and get into a mode where we're almost, yeah, thinking through the lens of, okay, well, how do we produce more stuff 
know, and I think a great place to start is to actually step back and have some of these conversations with the people who are representative of your audience to make sure you just really understand, okay, what content would be really valuable, really useful to them. Um, I'm a big believer in producing fewer things really well uh, rather than just, you know, feeding the beast, as they say. Absolutely. So next year, any major predictions in the, in the market, either for content or technology that we should pay attention to? Oh, man, yeah. I think uh, I've, I've determined I'm no good at predictions. Um, but I think one meta prediction I have is, Change is going to happen. Uh, I don't know exactly what all the changes will be, but I'm pretty certain this market is going to continue to change uh, for quite some time. And so with that in mind, I think it's very important for marketers to, in their technology strategy and also in their marketing strategy, to be prepared for that. To, as they say in the software world, design for change. Uh, you know, keep your options open so that if you need some new capability or you need to swap out some particular uh, piece of software a year or two from now, you've sort of left, uh, you, you're building some options uh, into your approach uh, to give you, give you that freedom. Well, as uh, usual, Scott, 15 minutes is never enough time. Because <laughs> but it's always great to, uh, speaking with you. Thank you so much for sharing your insights with us this afternoon. Thank you. Great chatting with you, Jeff. Thanks, Scott.